2: Nine of the JSP Gamescast. I am your host Rob aka and joining me today we have the Falcom Lord Master himself, Drew Roberts. How are you doing today, sir?
3: There has never been a week more made for me than this week right now.
2: This is definitely Drew Week. Like I might as well just step back, and you should just do the entire show yourself. This is all you.
3: Man. No, 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 that's way too much work. I'm just here for the Falcom. <laughs> way too much work
2: <laughs> i mean if you're just here for the falcon then you're here for the whole thing right that's basically what that's fair is.
3: this is, this is going to be a Falcom related episode just and, so you
2: know. exactly and then on the other end we have no one because it's just us today nick is currently on assignment he will be back next week um so it's just going to be me and drew we're gonna we're gonna ham it up here talk about some Falcom stuff um new game expo happened a couple days ago so we're gonna get into a lot of uh, a lot of announcements there
3: i'll be honest i was very impressed i didn't know what to expect but i was very impressed with that performance uh, presentation
2: i was impressed too actually yeah i had a very good time watching it um i don't think there's only a couple things in there that that like really stood out as like i need this but like i i had a good time watching it um but we'll get into that in a little bit Uh, We got some info on uh, Tokyo Game Show. We got an update on Tales of Arise. uh, And a couple other stuff in the news. But um, before we talk about news, let's talk about some video games. I'll kick this one off. Um, Take it away, Rob. Yeah, because I haven't really been playing a whole lot, but I've also been playing a whole lot. So... I haven't been playing too many console games over the past week, but I have been diving into like some mobile stuff here and there. Um, Pokemon had their presentation we talked about it last week of some new games that they uh that they're coming out with, and Pokemon Cafe was one of them, which looked really cute. Um, so that went live. It's like a
3: match 3 game, right?
2: It's like a match 3 game, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of weird. It's I've never played anything quite like it. So Essentially what it is, is you're an owner of a cafe and Pokemon come to your cafe. Uh, So you're serving them like lattes and and treats and stuff like that. Um, And in order to make their order, it goes to this like match three style game where you have a bunch of different icons of different Pokemon. So like it'll be a bunch of like Charmander faces, Pikachu faces, Squirtle faces, stuff like that. And what you have to do is you pick one of those faces and you have to like swirl your hand around the the arena to try and tag as many of those faces as possible within a small time limit right and the more that you chain together obviously you get bigger score okay so that is it
3: possible to get all of the faces
2: it is it is honestly um Sometimes it's a little tricky because as you get through, like, um, as you get to different stages, like, the arena kind of changes, so they'll put obstacles in your way and stuff like that. Um, and it becomes a little more challenging to get every single face, but you can make some pretty good combos and, in some stages, you know, grab all the faces and whatnot. But it's not just about getting a high score. So each stage has a different objective. Right, So the first stage is like, hey, score 9,000 points. Like, all right, cool. So you do a couple of little full combos here or there. Bam, done. Um, next one, it, it almost starts to turn into a puzzle game the more it goes on. Okay. So, so it's like the next one is they introduce these, uh, these blocks, right? Where if you um, chain together a combo next to the block, it breaks the blocks, right? So you almost think they're not like sugar cubes, but there's something related to, like, food items, right? So you um, you chain together combos near the blocks to break them. And one of the objectives will be, hey, break six blocks, but also score 8,000 points. All right, cool. And, okay. and you also have a limited number of turns to get it done, right? So it's like you have to do this under 13 turns, right? So it's like, all right, cool. Um then they start throwing some more mechanics on top of you. So now it's like break these blocks, score 9000 points, and we're going to introduce these tomatoes. And the thing about the tomatoes is there's a basket at the bottom of the the screen and you have to like swirl around the screen enough to shift the the tomato to get into the basket. Right? Um so now they're throwing challenges that like get 2 tomatoes in the basket, break 6 blocks, score 10,000 points. Do it in under 10 turns.
3: Having never seen this game, I'm visually trying to imagine all of this in my head, and it's a very complicated game.
2: It's it's tough to visualize because you're so used to seeing match 3 games where all of the pieces are just like set and still, right? Almost like Yeah, like
3: at- I'm kind, I'm kind of thinking like this Yoshi's cookie with Pokemon Troize sort of combination. Yes,
2: so think about that, but instead of it just being um, static, like imagine picking one of those cookies and then you can just freely move it around the arena, and that causes all the other pieces to start jumbling around too, right?
3: Okay, I think I get that.
2: Yeah, yeah, so it's almost like you're playing in this giant mixing bowl, right? And you're just like moving all of the little ingredients around and stuff. Um, it's, it's really cool. Uh, so far it's, it's just very easy, honestly. Um, there is a lead Pokemon that you can pick, um, before each stage and each Pokemon has like a special ability that helps you out. So, um, I'm probably going to butcher it, but just as an example, um, you start off with Eevee. Eevee has an ability where once the little ability gauge fills up after doing combos and stuff, um you can blow up, like, a small section of the screen. Like, you can pick anywhere on the screen. It just, boom, causes a small explosion and blows everything up, right? Which is really neat because if you have a couple of turns left and you need to blow up some blocks left, it's like, hey, here's my emergency. Blow up all the blocks here. Bam. Done. Um, Okay. Charmander um, has a really cool ability where it's something similar, except instead of being, like, a small explosion area, it's, like, anything wherever you tap, it'll blow up anything to the right of that in a straight line, right? So there's, there's some stages where that's really beneficial because you need to bust all of these straight line blocks to cause some other things to fall down so that everything can get into place. So there's certain Pokemon that just help you out better in certain stages, and that's really cool. Um, in order to gain new Pokemon to use, there's like a trust meter. Right, so as Pokemon come to your to your cafe and you do their, uh, you fill out their orders, you gain trust with them, um, and once their trust maxes out, then they come and work for the shop, and then you can select them and check out what their abilities and stuff are. So it's it's really cool. It's very cute. The art style is really really good um it's it's a great game to just kind of like wind down and play at the end of the night right this is kind of like my my before sleep game now Uh, okay yeah it's 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 cool it's on switch and mobile which i find really cool as well um i want i really like
3: pokemon company's initiative on that like they keep making these mobile games and they're like hey look if you don't want to play on your phone play it on your switch
2: I, oh my God, all right. yeah i think that's really smart and i want to see nintendo continue to kind of push that because some of these mobile games can work well on switch right like it's it's fine um in japan let me
3: get super mario run on switch
2: yeah yeah let, let me do that um in japan's already on that tick like they have a bunch of little free-to-play games on on their eShop, so it's something that can definitely be done um so yeah, that that's kind of that there's there's microtransactions, but it's not um, there's no gotcha system here. It's really so you collect these acorns, right And the only thing acorns are for is to um, if you how is it? If you lose the the puzzle, then I think you can spend acorns to try it again right? Like pick up where you left off or something. Okay. Um, you do have, there's no stamina gauge, but you do have life. So you have like five hearts, right? Um, and if you lose a stage, you lose a heart. So the acorn lets you regain a heart, basically. Right?
3: How long does it take for a heart to like generate normally?
2: Um, I want to say it's like five minutes or so. Five, ten
3: minutes? Okay, so your standard mobile game time.
2: Yeah, it's standard mobile game time, but as long as you don't lose, which I mean the game is so far pretty easy, like you never have to stop. Right? Um, And they give you five of those lives too, so you could play this game for a really long time, and since the acorns is only used to replenish life, they give you a ton of acorns. Like, I don't ever foresee you getting into a situation where you would really have to wait that long at all.
3: Nintendo's very weird about that. Like, within all their mobile games, they, like, implement these stamina systems and then just drown you in stamina refilling items. Yeah. Like, in Fire Emblem Heroes, which I've been playing for about three years, I have 500 stamina potions, and, like, the game still has a max of, like, 99 stamina. Mm-hmm. And I've never, ever had to worry about stamina once. I'm just like, would you like to st- spend a stamina potion to refill your stamina? Heck yeah! Why I not? have 500!
2: Why not? Like, I'm finding a lot of mobile games are just doing that now because, um, War of the Visions, I'm gonna talk about that in a little bit. Like, that's the same thing. It's gotten to a point where they have three different types of, uh, like, stamina regen potions, right? Depending on how much you want to regen. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting on, like, 300 of each. Right? Like, I never yeah. have to stop playing.
3: Yeah, and, I, and I've noticed that Nintendo's been doing that too because, yeah. like, as they implement new modes into Fire Emblem Heroes, they usually have a unique stamina meter attached to it. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, so that's your way around it. Why don't you just not make infinite stamina? Like, if you really wanted to do that instead of like making seven different things, you know? Yeah. I don't understand mobile games that do that.
2: Yeah, it's something I've been talking about for a while, right? Where I'm just like, we figure this out now. You don't need a stamina meter for mobile games anymore. Like it's been figured out. Um,
3: especially when like the main pool isn't refilling stamina. Right. Main pool, or at least the main um, money grabber, is the gotcha system. Exactly. You know, It does. You can have zero stamina and still spend money to roll whatever like character you're trying to get.
2: Exactly. So, like. It, it, why
3: bother with the stamina gauge?
2: Why bother with it? And like you said, you can do it for like certain events if you wanted to, like limit how many runs you can do on certain things, but like for a large majority of these games, like why even just have the stamina system? Let me just go through the story at my pace, right? Or do you know farming goods and stuff like that. So I agree. I don't know. It's weird. But Pokemon Cafe. It's a cool game. Try it. Um if you like puzzle games, match three games and stuff like that and you're addicted to things that are cute. This is, this is it. This is it. Um, I'm curious to see how many stages there are. I want to know how long it is. Cause right now I think I'm on stage 25 or something like that. Um, so we'll see how long it goes. Next thing I've been playing, um, I just started this one, Romancing Saga re So that just released Global, um, this week, I think it was, uh, I think it was like Tuesday, it officially- That sounds won. about right. Yeah. Um, I've never been deep into the Romancing Saga games. Um, I've been meaning to go back and play some of them, but the mobile game is pretty neat. Um, it's pretty low-committal, committed, committal, um, and it's very generous. So it's, first off, I, I want to say the presentation. The sprite work in this game, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal.
3: That doesn't surprise me in the least. <laughs> yeah.
2: Like,
3: they pride themselves yeah. on their sprite work in those games.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they spared no quarter here. So it's the animations, the sprites themselves, like the um the cutscenes that play out during the story mode where it's just all done in this like sixteen bit fashion, um, like the towns and stuff. Everything looks good. Um, looks beautiful. Playing it on the iPad, it blew it up very nicely and everything looks great. Um, 10 out of 10 on the presentation. The menus and everything is great, too. Like nothing seems super confusing. The, uh, the gotcha animation is actually very good. Um, so it's there's this giant machine. Right. And I don't know. I forget the character's name, but there's like a scientist character that's just kind of like standing beside it. And you pull this lever and it causes like the machine to glow and electricity uh, shoots up into the sky. The entire building gets struck by lightning and then you summon your units. It's pretty good. Um, and anytime you get like a um, like. A, so there, there's rare, there's super rare and then there's SSR. Right. So anytime you get a super rare in SR, um, the scientist character will like go off screen for a second and then come in like roundhouse kick the machine <laughs> to cause a bigger explosion, and then you nice. summon the unit. Yeah, it has some really good animations for, for the summoning stuff. Um, so yeah, that's that's cool. The loading times is very quick. This is probably one of the fastest loading mobile games I've ever played. Like. When I say go to this map, it's like, boom, done, already in there. Uh, replay map, bam, completely just, it just starts over again immediately. Um, I don't have to deal with, like, result screens or anything like that. It's it's really noticeable, um, which is weird to say about a mobile game, but I know some lately have had some pretty bad loading times um, or just, like, hiccups around menus and stuff like that. So it's it's cool to see that. The combat system is, um, it's pretty much just like turn-based RPG, right? It's nothing super special. If you're not
3: hitting yourself, it's not saga.
2: <laughs> not hitting yourself. Um, so it's like you you form a un a party of five members, um, and you lay out all of your attacks before. Before they actually do anything, right? So you select the attack for each character first, and then hit go, and then the the turn plays out. Um, as you attack the enemies, they can just your units can just randomly learn new skills, right? So that's part of the grind there to learn new abilities. It's not tied to your actual level; it's tied to just random chance of hey, I learned this new skill, and then they just bust it out. Um, it doesn't seem like it takes very long for them to learn these skills, so it's not like, you know, bang your head against the wall for eight days and they're not learning something. It's pretty quick. Um yeah.
3: it's sounding very anti saga.
2: <laughs> there is a uh there's a formation system that's really cool. So as you play through the game you unlock different formations that you can put your five units in and it gives different bonuses. So I just unlocked the uh the plus formation, right? So you have one unit up front. You have three in the middle. and Then you have one in the back. So whoever's up front gains a defense bonus. And um, in the, in the enemy is more likely to attack them, right? So they become the tank. So this is kind of like my defensive formation. Um, then they have other ones later that's like more offensive focus, more evasive focus, and stuff like that. So you can really get in there and customize your teams, um, which I thought is really neat. I don't know how much it's going to force you to engage with that stuff. I don't know how difficult the game gets later on, but so far it's it's enjoyable. It's a neat challenge. Um music's pretty good. Um the story is whatever. Like it's not grabbing me at all, which is kind of disappointing, especially coming off of World of Visions. Um so I find myself just kind of you know, mashing through, mashing through, yeah. Or even skipping some scenes here or there. Um, I like to see how some of them play out in terms of just like animation wise. Right. Just seem like walk through this environment and stuff like that. But the actual dialogue, I'm
3: kind of. How is the localization itself?
2: Localization seems fine. Um, I don't notice any like typos or anything like that. Um, There's no weird translations or anything like that. Um, It just seems like it's an overall just dull Story at the moment, right? Um, the cool thing is they do throw like a lot of characters at you in the story, and like everybody has their moment, so it's not like, um, hey, we introduce you to these three characters, then you never see them again. Um, so it is cool if if there's particular characters you like, they get screen time, right? So if there's someone you really looking forward to seeing from the saga games, and you're like, oh man, they're in the story, you're gonna see them. So that's cool. But overall, it's kind of whatever in my opinion. Um, what else? Monetization is kind of the same as most mobile games, right? It's like pay for premium currency, um, use that to roll the gotcha poll. Um, they again, they're very, very generous. So when you start this game, they give you, um, let's see, three, five, about like six or seven, 10 rolls just right off the bat. Just go at, go ham.
3: That is, that is considerably generous. Yeah. I can't think of too many mobile games that give you that much.
2: Yeah, they give you a lot. And and then there's just a lot of other ways to just earn the currency as well as just free draw tickets on top of that. So if you start this game in like, let's say within your first couple of pulls you get, like, three or four SSRs, like some characters you want, you can sit on the rest of the stuff they give you and you'll be good for a really long time, I feel like um so that's really cool the game i i'm I'm gonna play it some more right i'm in it just for the visuals alone i'm I'm in it um i hope the story picks up but i don't foresee it doing that but eh, it seems neat
3: neat. it's done by kawazu temper your expectations
2: (laughs) fair fair enough um if you ever get a chance to check it out drew let me know what you think um I think you you'd get a yeah, real kick like, out. Of I'll
3: at least download it. it probably. Like, yeah. I can't I can't promise you'll ever like open it up.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean you'll get a kick out I, of it like I'm
3: bad when it comes to mobile games.
2: That's fair. I think you you would just get a real kick out of the, the presentation of it all, right? I think you'd have like a
3: I'm sure the soundtrack's excellent.
2: Yeah. Like even if it's just like one evening just to like look at it, you know? I think you'd get a get a nice kick out of it. But that's romancing saga. Um, and then my, my addiction of choice, uh, War of the Visions, since the last time I talked about it, they've released, um, like two or three more chapters of the story, and that's a good story. (laughs) That's really, it's really, really good. Um, I want more people to check it out just on that merit alone. I know I said before how this game is actually super convoluted in everything that it tries to do, but... Ignore all of that stuff and just play the story because it's it's hitting all the right notes of what I feel tactics is. And it's like a political drama. There's like five different factions. They all got shit going on. There's betrayal. There's 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 everything, everything in here. Um, it's wild. I don't know where it's going to go. I am like on the edge of my seat, like almost at every single cliffhanger. Um, this last cliffhanger was kind of—I feel like was kind of weak. It's probably its weakest one, um, but even still, just like a little bit more context that I got with what's going on in the world and everything was was good. So, um, definitely uh, check that game out if you got some time, because it's—I think it, it's one of the most well-produced uh, mobile games in a while, just in terms of its like presentation and overall like story layout. Um,
3: is it technically cool. a sequel to the original Tactics?
2: No, um, it's its own thing. Okay. Um, I think it actually t- takes place in the Brave Exvius world. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because it's technically Final Fantasy Brave Exvius War of the Visions. So I think it has more to do with that lore than anything, but I don't, really don't know the extent of how closely tied it is to that. But yeah, great characters, good story, play it. Music's great too. Um, so yeah, that's really been... been the- Oh, wait. Uh, I've been getting into the guild battles in that game. Um, I want to say one thing that really annoys me when it comes to mobile games and PvP. I hate AI-controlled PvP. I hate it. Um,
0: Whoa,
3: well, wait. What do you mean AI-controlled <laughs> PvP?
2: So what I mean is this game has two different styles of PvP. There, there's asynchronous, which, you know, it's me versus somebody else. And then it's like, hey, I take my turn. You take your turn. And then there's AI-controlled, where just we don't have control over our characters. And the AI just battles it out. Right? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate that. It's I get why they do it. But it's like when you get into a fight and you're just like, I know I can win, but my character did one dumb thing where it's just like, instead of targeting the healer to one shot them, I'm going to shoot the tank. Oh, I did nothing. And now the healer is still alive and healed the rest of the team. And now everything just snowballs right like it's, it's yep
3: that's why like yeah. watching the fire emblem like mobile game ai is just awful like yeah. whenever i watch the fire emblem ai i'm just like why did you do that yeah it didn't even make any sense
2: that's that has been me like i i enjoy the guild battles because it's there's a real cool tactical feel to it um i jumped in a discord um and met a couple people and and we're, we're, we're in there. we're coordinating attacks. It's like, hey, you go target this dude, you make sure you target this guy. Um, hey, I weaken this dude's team. Hey, can you finish this guy off of me? Like there's really cool like high level tactics that's going on there in terms of like strategically placing everybody against like the team the other team. Um, but when the battles actually play out, it's just like it can get super frustrating. It's fun though we're we're having we're having a good time i'm in a guild that's like semi-serious right like we're not taking it super super serious but we're just having fun you know coming up with tactics and stuff so
3: yeah that's always like the best kind of guild to join
2: yeah yeah we we just hit like the gold rank uh recently and that's kind of like right where you're starting to run into the people that like whale kind of hard in the game so we take pretty good pride in knowing that like hey, we strategically took down this team we had no business taking down um, (laughs) because they spent a bajillion dollars on their units, and you can easily tell. Um, So yeah, it's cool. Uh, War of the Visions. Check it out. Check it out, please. That's all I've really been doing. Um, I'll save Metro for another day. I'm still going through that game. Uh...
3: Aren't you going to not be able to play it soon?
2: Yeah, so it's gonna go away on Game Pass on the thirtieth. So I have about five more days to play it for free before I have to buy it.
3: That's fair. Um, that's fair.
2: And I mean, if if it if I don't finish it, I'll I'll buy it. It's it's a good game, honestly. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I just want to play it a little bit more before I give some more thoughts on it. But that's that's kind of that. Uh, Drew.
3: Hello.
2: Talk to me about uh, Falcom.
3: <laughs> well, uh, first thing on the docket yes. is I finally completed the Trials of Mana remake. This mm-hmm. has been a long journey for those of you who have been following the podcast since the very beginning yeah. of my uh, my Mana journey, and uh, I finally finished this remake, and man, it was worth it. I loved every second of it. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, maybe not every second. Like, th- it still has some flaws, but uh like, my final thought on it is really just I would love to see Square use this as, like, a basis to remake some of their old Super Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Like, Treasure of the Ru- uh, Treasure of Rudress, Muhammad Lagoon, Chrono Trigger, any of the Final Fantasies on Super Nintendo. Like, it's it's very cool to see what I consider the modernized Super Nintendo game because this isn't just, like, It's not a remake in the sense of like Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is more of a a reimagining of Final Fantasy VII than an actual remake. Would you agree with me on that?
2: I'd agree.
3: Mm -hmm. Like, the Trials of Mana remake is verbatim, I've, I've said it before several times, it's the Super Nintendo game just put into 3D, had the combat tweaked, and then, like, released to the public. And I think it's an excellent way of, like, Like I feel like when some games get remade, there's extra padding put in there that can actually make a game worse. Mm -hmm. Not saying that's what happens with Final Fantasy VII Remake. I haven't played Final Fantasy VII Remake, so I can't say that. Right. And as far as I'm aware, general consensus is Final Fantasy VII Remake is the best thing since sliced bread. So let me not even go
2: there. It's very, very good.
3: (laughs) But a lot of these Super Nintendo RPGs, which were amazing for their time, and still age rather well, like, they work best in how they were designed. Mm-hmm. And that remaking them can be a very tricky thing. Right. Uh, In that, you could either put too much into it, like, it, it it's kind of like if you look at the Secret of Mana remake, which was, like, too identical, and then that was a flaw. I mean, granted, the original game wasn't very good, but that's part of the problem. <laughs> but, then you also have remakes where it's just like well is this even the same thing hmm. and i feel like this remake is like the best example of like all right this is the best way to appeal to the old fans of this game while introducing it to a whole bunch of new people that they still catch that whimsical feeling of what this rpg was okay cuz that's what that's what trials of mana is it's it's a whimsical fun journey it's it's a very fun like Warm blanket, I guess it's it's like a summer romp game. It's short, it's sweet. Like a hundred percent of the game, I pretty much got everything outside of platinuming it, and my final playtime was thirty-two hours. Nice with grinding.
2: Very nice, actually.
3: So, like, I beat it within the span of like a week and a half, I think. Like, there's it wasn't a huge time sink, and it was such I really enjoyed my time with it. Uh, I believe last week I was talking about how I was just about to beat the final boss. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I beat the final boss, and what's new to this remake is they added in a small post game. Okay. Uh, and I do uh, emphasize the word on small. I think the post game was about five to seven hours, uh, you know, depending on what you want from it. And what the post game is, is it, in, it restarts where your party is right before the final battle, like after you roll credits. Mm-hmm. And so you restart to right before the final battle, and it's just like, hey, before you go and beat the final boss, there's actually this other evil that just showed up, and you got to go deal with it. And then, or that's that's the plot for this post game. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And they use the post game as like sort of to touch up on your characters' individual stories. Like they kind of put a capstone on their on their arcs, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really nice touch. And they also use it to introduce the the class four, which Charles of Mana was uh, its unique thing was its class system. And how you have the branching pass to determine, like, which class that you get. And so they added a fourth class for this post-game. Unfortunately, it doesn't really add a whole lot, which I can't say I'm really too surprised. Like, you don't get any new moves or anything like that with these new classes. Well, you do get one new class strike, which is a a move that is unique to each class. And you get up to four class strikes because you get four classes over the course of the game. Mm -hmm. But, like, you, uh, those you always get every time you class up. Uh, but you don't get, like, any new spells or any new moves or anything like that. So it's really just you get stronger. You get one more of, like, the class strike, which is tied to your class gauge, and a bunch of more passives, which those passives are broken. Like, I will tell you right now, the end game, post game of Trials of Mana is, like, the biggest power trip fantasy I've ever played in my life.
2: Jesus Christ
3: like I got to the point where I was just so OP because I had enough like passive skills and equipment to where all my magic was free. All of it was like a critical hit. I was getting 40% damage on each critical hit and each spell was like multi hit. So each hit was a critical hit. And I'm just like, like I toasted the final boss, <laughs> like just straight roasted them. And I'm like, okay, well that's fine. Like, it, it it's fun in the aspect of like seeing what you can come up with and like what's broken
2: right yeah
3: uh and again trials of mana was never really like too difficult of a game to begin with so if your game's not difficult it can actually be kind of fun just to see how op you can get
2: oh yeah for sure definitely in those games where like you can customize party members and classes and stuff like that it's all about what combinations can i come up with and how can i explain oh absolutely stuff. yeah like
3: Games with job systems, I freaking love. Yep. Because there's just so much variety. And, like, there's a lot of replayability in this remake. I absolutely am going to play this remake again. I still have, like, three other character routes that I have to go through. And then, like, the cool thing about Trials of Mana is the game actually has three final bosses. Mm. Depending on who your starting character is. Okay. And so, like, two characters go to one boss. Two characters go to another boss. Two characters go to another boss. There are actually, like, three different areas in the game that I didn't get to explore because those are relegated to the other character, oh. which is really cool. It adds another yeah. layer of replay- replayability to the game, yep. and it's not too much to ask for because this is a 30-hour game.
2: Yeah, that's not bad at all. And and I imagine those routes uh probably go by a little bit faster, too, I gotta imagine.
3: Oh, there's a new game plus, and... uh. The game gives you some like gifts for starting new game plus. Okay. One of those gifts is get 300% experience points oh, every yeah. time you win a battle.
2: That's I was it. like,
3: okay, they just want you to fucking roll through this shit.
2: Yeah, hell yeah. I appreciate that stuff, um, especially if it's optional. Um, I really like, for example, I like the uh the Tales of games where you you can just take oh, yeah. the bonuses that you want for a new game plus and then just go ham. Um Anytime that stuff is included, I really appreciate that, because especially when I want to do do uh, additional playthroughs, and, and especially for something like Trials of Mana, where it's just like, hey, there are other character routes, uh, I try to cut down on the playtime as much as I can. So if they give me 300% XP, I'm in there.
3: <laughs> but like that's also cool, because now like if you're replaying as the same character and you really just wanted to check out their other classes and whatnot, now you can get there faster.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's that's awesome.
3: Um, I do have like some small complaints. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I just I want Square to take this like I, they built this wonderful engine, and they and they modernized a wonderful game with it. And I hope this isn't the last thing that they do with it. I would really love them to make a new Mana game using this system as a basis.
2: I
0: gotta
3: um,
2: imagine we're building up to a new Mana game. I have with all we of this, to. with all of this, like the collection, the remake, the this version, like they have to be preparing for a new Mana game. I would be so surprised if they're not.
3: But I, I'm really hoping that they they just it's almost Trials of Mana 2, Like use the same system and build upon it because like yeah. you took the old system, which was really ambitious for its time, it pushed the Super Nintendo to its limit. You've modernized it now. Modernize it even more and make something new with it and like some improvements you could do on It's like give more customization to the enemy a- or not to the enemy AI to your party AI. That was actually a, a big disappointment I had is like you could only do so much with the party AI and that you can only you can tell them to use items you could tell them to use moves you could tell them to use uh, class strikes, mm-hmm. but like I couldn't turn off certain spells. Like, if, if I was playing this Hawkeye and Angela was AI controlled, she would sometimes just throw out like her weak spells. And I'm like, no, don't do that. Do the giant fiery explosion that would kill everything. Right. But unlike a Tales game where you can like actually turn off, and be like, okay, you could never use this skill or you can only use this skill. Like, you can't do that with the AI, which I was a little disappointed about. Like, uh, you could tell your party to use items, but like, your party would use items pretty much like on a whim. Mm. The only thing you could control is, okay, they need to leave this many this amount of items in the bag and that's it. Mm. And I'm just like, well, what if they use an item I don't want them to use
2: right then? Right. Man
3: So like you no, know, what were you gonna say?
2: I was gonna say, um one of the games I feel like does that stuff perfectly is uh, Final Fantasy twelve with the Gambit system Um, oh okay i wish more games took that route um where it's like i can i can specifically set like hey if i am under this percent hp use x item um turn off this ability don't use this ability in this scenario use this right like i can really get in there and customize the ai to play exactly how i want them to play and I'm so surprised that maybe, maybe maybe it's difficult. Maybe there's a lot of coding and stuff that goes on into there. I don't know. Um, but I'm so surprised more people did not adopt that gambit system to handle AI partners in future RPGs. Like it's. I feel like this. I is, think it's
0: a really neat idea.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like it's, it's a problem that's been solved, and just nobody took it. Um, but hey, it'd be that way. Sometimes. Well,
3: I, I'd even make the argument that like. The AI system in the remake is somewhat dumbed down from mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo game because in the Super Nintendo game, you could actually tell like party members be like, like I could tell Angela be like, okay, go stand that far away from the enemy,
2: okay, mm-hmm.
3: and never like go up in melee because like when I was playing as Angela, okay, maybe I would want to go up in melee just to like get some magic points back, but like if I got full magic, why would I just be sitting in the back casting explosion?
2: Right, exactly.
3: So, so, like, it, it's stuff like that that I wish I could add to the AI, and I, and I hope that Square kind of takes that with them when they build this new mana game, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, improve upon that, maybe make the combat, because the, the combat is still, still feels a little clunky, because, like, you can't cancel, like, your normal attack into moves and whatnot. Right. Kind of like your more fluid action games. So I'd like to see them, like, build upon that and like make the combat a bit more fluid even though it's still fun like it got to the point where i wasn't really using normal attacks anymore i was just pretty much hitting spells all day but i think if you want to like lean more into the harder action route m- making it more fluid would be better
2: yeah i agree totally
3: so that that's that's something I, i'd like to see them build upon um other than that fantastic game absolutely worth your money um, if you have even a passing interest, I would say at least check it out on sale. It's not a huge time sink. It's a wonderful game, wonderful soundtrack, really fun characters. Like, I really enjoyed my time with that game, and I'm really glad that Square made it. It was everything I could have hoped it would it would have been.
2: Awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. Everybody has met this game with a lot of praise, so it's it's great they knocked it out of the park.
3: Yeah, like, and everybody was rightfully concerned after the Secret of Mana remake. Oh, for sure. Like, being so <laughs> below the bar.
2: For sure. Um, I'm glad they got their shit together. What else so, you
3: got for me? With that, uh, I have moved on to E's Memories of Celseta, which was just recently released on PS4. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a remake. It is another PlayStation Vita game that has been freed from Vita exclusivity. Uh, it was released on the PlayStation Vita back in the U.S., on November 26, 2013. Oh, wow. Uh, so, this is a 8-year-old game because it actually came out in Japan a year before.
2: It's been um, that long, huh? Jesus. It's been 8
3: years since this game came out. I remember when I picked
2: uh, up that limited edition. Wow.
3: Same. Mm. Same. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty sweet limited edition.
2: It here. is. It's very nice. I have it on my um,
3: shelf. Yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Uh, I ended up playing the game a few years later after that because I was still catching up on the E series. Uh, I played I played this game probably about four or five years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and uh, full disclosure, full transparency here, up until you know replaying it again. this was probably my least favorite of the E7 engine games. And what the what the E7 engine games are, it's E7, Ease Memories and Cell Seta, and Ease 8. Uh, it is that that three-party system where you're switching between characters and doing all that. And like after I had beaten this game and let it sit for a while, I was like, you know, this game really didn't feel as good as E7. Uh, and then when I played e 8, I'm like, that game is definitely not as good as Ease 8. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, and so like I've been kind of mulling it over, and so I'm really glad that they re-released it on PS4 so I can have a, a second shot at it. And I feel like part of the reason, like, I was a bit down on it is because I'm not a big fan of the PlayStation Vita's, like, as a handheld. Mm-hmm. It cramps my hands pretty bad, uh, so playing on it for long periods of time was not very fun for me.
2: Relatable. Especially
3: in action... Yeah, especially, like, <laughs> an action game like Ease. Yeah. Like, um... And then the other thing is like, ease games are notoriously hard, Uh, or maybe not notoriously, but they're they're known to be hard. In fact, uh, I was I was reading an article on some recent ease news, and like somebody took a screenshot of like uh, an ease nine boss, and they're like, and there's like lasers everywhere, and there's like no floor, and it's just like typical ease boss. I'm not (laughs) I'm not surprised. And I'm like, yeah. So like in 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 memories of Salcedo, when I when I played through it the first time. By the time I got to the end of the game, I was like, man, this game feels really easy. And so what I'm doing this go around is I'm doing a no potion run. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not using any healing item. well, okay, not saying not using any healing items. I'm still using like status effect healing items like poison and whatnot right because status effects aren't fun. Yeah. and like poison lasts for a really long time. like that would just be like, you would end up wasting a lot of time because you'd just be sitting there waiting for poison to run out and then right, go yeah, and heal that real that quick. Sense. So, yeah. So I'm not gonna do all that, but like one one of the hallmarks, especially of like the the second generation of ease games, which is ease Oathenfalghana, ease Origin, and ease Arkham Napistum. Although Napishtim uses potions, um, is that you go into these boss fights, these like really challenging, like nail biting boss fights, and you can't heal during them. Hmm. So like you actually have to learn and get good and get past these uh these bosses and the 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 problem that the e7 engine games have is that you can just buy a shit ton of potions and just potion your way through right and then that can get that can be a little boring for some people mm-hmm. so that's kind of like why i'm doing that as well if that makes any sense No,
2: that's, that's like sometimes that
3: sometimes you have to make your own difficulty
2: yeah absolutely like why not especially for games that like you've played before and stuff like that add your own challenge to it yeah yeah
3: and uh, and I, I think Celceta was the easiest of, like, the three uh, E7 engine games. Mm-hmm. Like, e, I found E7 to be much more difficult. I found E8 to be much more difficult, but E8 also had, like, higher difficulty levels. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't surprise me. Uh, so now that I've thrown all that out... Oh, and the other reason I was a bit down on this game is... And to this day, I still think this, is that this E soundtrack is probably the weakest... It still has a lot of good tracks, mm. but it also has like some of my most hated tracks.
2: Ooh, Most hated.
3: Oof. Well, well, and that's not fair. It's it's really the arrangements. Like, so there there's a pretty famous E song in this game called "The Dawn of Ease," and it was what uh I should actually go back. What Memories of Celceta is is it's a remake of Ease Four. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the history of Ease games or in the history of Falcom. Uh, Falcom would develop their own games for PC, and then they would license out the, the the rights for other companies to make ports or whatever for consoles. However, there was no PC port of Ease 4. Ease 4 was created by NEC for the TurboGrafx 16. It was called Ease 4, The Dawn of Ease, and uh, the intro song was called Dawn of Ease. And okay. then there was a Super Nintendo port done by Tonkin House. And then for the longest time, that – so the, the Super Nintendo version and the TurboGrafx versions had some story differences. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, like, the Super Nintendo version was, like, the canon version. And so finally, now that we're all the way up to Celceta, Falcom's like, no, we're going to make our own version of East 4. And that's going to be the canon version. Gotcha. now. Granted, it's it's more based on the uh, the Super Nintendo version and the Turbo Graphics version. M- much to the community the community's dismay, because like the Turbo Graphics version, which I haven't really played yet, is supposed to be really really good. Okay. Um, however, and and the Super Nintendo version. Now, granted, it could just be that the Turbo Graphics version plays better and sounds better versus the Super Nintendo version. And that's why people prefer the Turbo, Graxver- Turbo Graphics version, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like I have to go and play the game. That's fair. That's but fair. anyway, so I told you that I had to tell you this is that like one of the arrangements of the original intro of the game is put into the game for one of the game's areas, and it's bad. Like they just found like the most ear-grating horn they possibly could, Dang. and use that as the main instrument for this song. Oof. And I'm just like. This sounds awful.
2: Oh my god! You're gonna have to link me, uh, link me that track afterwards. I will link you that
3: yeah. one, and then I'll link you like a version that was made that uh, roughly the same time for like an arranged album. Okay. And I'll just be like, why was this not put in the game?
2: Yeah, I'm curious. They've
3: now. definitely done that before. Like they've just put arranged album versions in games. <laughs> um, and it's not just that track. It's just like. A lot of the the a lot of the towns theme don't really speak to me which is really odd when you consider uh falcon music yeah like all uh they also like they took a lot of music from the original versions the TurboGrafx and super nintendo version but then there's also like a lot of unique tracks from those games that they just didn't bother using and then they end up using like the same song five or six times in this remake and i'm like okay these songs are good, but I'm also tired of hearing it. Why didn't you remake some of these songs?
2: Right. If you have more songs to pull from, why are we reusing some of these like Yeah, and, to... yeah. and
3: and so and so the rumor is is that Salcedo was a bit rushed to get it out for some reason. I, I haven't done a lot of research on it. But mm. so that 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 is before playing this remake, that is where I stood on this game. So having replayed it or having starting to replay it, uh, what Ease Memory and Celsetta is, or it's an E7 engine game, which what that is, is you play as Adol, who's your main character, uh, and you gain party members throughout the game, and you actively switch between your party members, and you, uh, each party member has, like, a different kind of attack type, kind of like what Rob was saying with E7, where it's, like, Adol is a slash attack type, and then you have a character who's, like, a strike attack type, and then you have another character who's a pierce attack type. And then you have certain enemies that are weak to certain attack types, and so basically you're switching on the fly based on what enemies you're fighting, things like that. Um, so what Ease Memories in Celseta is—I'm just going to call it Celseta okay. from here on—that's fine because that's a mouthful. It is. Um, so what Celseta does is it still kind of takes that top-down uh, view of Ease because like uh, Ease Eight is. Uh, very much like just a third-person action game, straight up. Like, you have full, like, 360 camera rotation, you're behind the back of the protagonist the entire time, like, everything is, like, pretty much freeform. Mm -hmm. Whereas, Celsetta and Seven still have, like, a fixed camera, and it's all a top-down perspective, and, um, like, even though it's full in 3D, it's comparable to the second generation of these games uh... and so basically you're going you're going around the world uh... and you have your basic attack you have special skills and then you have a dodge and you have a guard and the dodge and the guard have additional properties on them where if uh... you guard at just the right time or you dash at just or the dodge at just the right time there are just frame guards and there are just frame uh... dodges where you get a special boost like if you, if you perfect guard something uh, you nullify all the damage you would have taken, and then you get a, a small damage boost. Or if you perfect dodge something, you dodge out of the way and then time slows and you kind of get behind an enemy and wail on them from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, your movement's a little limited compared to other Ease games, like Rob was saying. There is no jump button, which is unique only to e 7 and Celsetta and the original Ease 1 and 2 game, which is essentially a Zelda 1-like Um, so basically your combat is switching between these three characters, depending on the attack type, and then dodging and weaving and guarding, like, these mobs and, you know, trying to take as little damage as possible. That makes sense, right?
2: Yep, absolutely.
3: Okay. Um, so basically the premise of the game is, uh, takes place, it is, okay, so it's canonically East Four. However, it takes place directly after Ease one and two and before Ease three.
2: All right. I love out of order games.
3: <laughs> this is why the this is why the fan website has like a timeline. Yeah. Of how you should play this game. Yeah. Um, so what what this is is this is supposed to be like Adol's first real adventure and sort of like building up the character of Adol and like why he's an adventurer. Mm. Um and so, unlike the original game, so the original game has him going back to the E's 1 and 2 area uh, and like revisiting his friends there, and then he gets a quest to go check out this, uh, this uh, area of Celsetta, which the E's world is based on like an alternate version of Europe, and where Celsetta takes place, it's kind of like modern, or it's where France and Spain would be. Okay. Um, and so uh, basically, in the original games, you go back, or you the game starts in the original uh, like ease one and two area. Adol's revisiting all his friends, and then he gets called into a quest to go um, explore Salceda because there's some weird stuff going on there. Uh, what the remake does, because this is a remake, um. What it start, it starts, it actually starts the game out is you're already in Celsetta, Adol, uh, Adol has amnesia, and you pretty much start the game from there. So, as you start the game, uh, you're kind of just figuring out what's going on. Adol runs into a, a friend that he met when he got to Celsetta, who's named Durin, and he explains to Durin, is like, Well, I don't know who you are, I don't even know who I am. <laughs> and then, Durin is kind of like, Well, I was helping you out before, like, and then you went into the forest, and I thought you were dead. But hey, here you are. Uh, sucks you have amnesia. Um, and so something happens, like something in the town happens, and Adol instinctively is like, I love how the game words it, whereas like, Adol has an uncontrollable, uh, unignorable desire to uh, help somebody out. <laughs> and so uh, Adol has to go and like rescue the, the townsfolk who are being attacked by a monster. And Durin's like, well, I can't let you go in there alone. Like you have amnesia. Of course. And so that that's that's where the game starts. And then as the game starts, uh, you're introduced to uh, the Romans, who are kind of the E series somewhat antagonists. So the the E series has like an overarching lore, um, and you have the Romans, who are obviously the Romans. Um, and they are like the the giant militaristic might of the East world. Uh, and so they're in this Salceda area because they're in the middle of like a gold rush. And so after Adol and Durin rescue the miners from the monster, they come out and the Romans are like, hey, we want you to explore the giant forest of Salceda because it's completely uncharted territory and we'll pay you like three million gold for it. And so that is Hell the whole yeah. premise of the game. So you have that premise, and then you have all is trying to restore his memory. And that is your motivation for playing this game.
2: Okay. All right, that's a good setup. I like it.
3: Um, it, 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 it it's somewhat standard, but it, it works. Yeah. Like, E's storylines have never been revolutionary, but they're always enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, e's 8 still remains my favorite. Um, what I will say is that the action for this game... Like, coming back into it, I already fell in love. I'm like, yes, this is good, ease gameplay. I love this. I'm having fun. Nice. Um, which is not something I could say when I was playing La Mulana. But <laughs> um, the gameplay is very action-packed. It's very fast-paced. Uh, it's very twitch. Um, like, it's a very twitchy action game. Mm. Uh, and being ha- uh, playing with uh, no potions is actually... Made some. Uh, I've already fought like two bosses, and has already made those fights like pretty tense. Mm-hmm. So I've already felt like I've made the right decision, and I'm hoping that as I'm replaying this game, uh, I don't come out with the same opinion that I had when I first played it, mm-hmm. and that I was just being a bit too hard on it. Okay. I mean, uh, because what's that?
2: I was gonna say, well, so far, like from your initial impressions, you seem like. At least better about it, in some respects. I, I so, uh I, I would expect that it would be an overall positive review by the end. Maybe it still I, wouldn't like jump to like your favorite or whatever, but you probably yeah. won't look at it as bad as you did before.
3: Like, like I said, I think it lends itself to being on a console better. Like the yeah. PlayStation Four controller is much more comfortable mm. than um than the PlayStation Vita. Yeah. Um, the game still has some faults. Uh, the UI is a bit iffy, and I blame that for being a Vita game. Like they didn't do a whole lot of upgrades coming from the Vita to the PlayStation 4. Like it's kind of like, hey, look, we put this game on PlayStation 4, have fun. <laughs> Cause like uh, the way the way the game does maps is it does it um, based on heights. So like as you're going through the forest, like you know sometimes you go up, sometimes you go down. And there's two different kinds of maps. So there's the map that you're filling out that you're charting for the Romans. And that kind of is like an overall world map. And then you have like a map that's of the room that you're in or like the area that you're in. And the way it relegates the area that you're in is based on different elevations. And so like they fade out the elevations that you're not on. And okay. so that can be kind of difficult to parse like where things are. So I'm not a big fan of that. Um, and I think that's something that was fixed in Ease 8, where they just give you a room map. And it's just like, okay, here's everywhere you can go in this room. Right. Or this area. Um, like, I understand a lot of RPGs do the whole elevation thing. I've never been a big fan of it. I think it makes things more confusing than they need to be. I agree. Um, generally, like, you don't need to show elevation on a map. Generally, players can figure out, oh, okay, that's on a raised area. Um, the other complaint I have this game, and it's clear that they were they were still like figuring this out. And I don't remember how they did skills in E seven, but in in E eight, you got skills just when you got to a certain level, and after you leveled up, the next time you attacked, you got a skill.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
3: And I'm pretty sure E seven does the same thing.
2: E seven for skills was tied to the the equipment was tied to the it's weapon. It tied to the equipment. That's yeah. right. So that's right. So every, every weapon had a new skill, and then you would have to level up that skill at least one time before it like permanently sticks onto your character. Right. And then you can swap weapons for, for whatever. Okay. Was... And see, that's
3: fine. That makes sense. It's very clear cut. Mm-hmm. It might be a bit more grindy than people care for, but at least bit. it makes
2: sense. It doesn't take too long um, to, to grind through it. But... What? So it doesn't take very long um, to, to grind through it. but.
3: So the way they do it in Celsetta is... You can learn a new skill by fighting enemies who are tougher than you. Mm. Hmm. And it's fucking random.
2: That sucks. <laughs> they have so to be like, tougher
3: than you? Um they have to be tougher than you or at least like a relative like close enough within level a, strength with to the, you
2: within a range.
3: Yeah. Okay uh they definitely can't be weaker than you. got it um so and like as i'm playing through it now like i have two characters i have adol and i have durin and i've been playing the game for about five hours and so i've already gotten the second school with adol and i'm like oh okay cool we must be fighting enemies that are like of the right level to get new characters so i switch over to durin and i'm like okay we'd really like a new skill for durin really like a new skill for durin really like a new skill for durin wow durin could really use another freaking skill (laughs) so like i i i haven't gotten this second durin skill even though i'm like well adol already got one why isn't durin getting one and like they're the same level and i'm just like why isn't this more like straightforward
2: yeah that's rough
3: and like as like the second this happened like, as I'm playing through it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I fucking hate the skill system. I forgot about that. Because, <laughs> like, when I first played through the game, I remember, like, there was one character who I just didn't have any skills with. I started playing them in, like, a, a higher-level dungeon, and then, like, I got, like, five skills back-to-back, and I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck?
2: What kind of system is that?
3: It's not a very good no. one. Like, they were still...
2: Experiment. Because this is
3: this you is the second yeah. E7 engine game, and like they were still trying to figure out like what was fun, what was unique. Yeah. They didn't do the the equipment system again because they kind of changed all of that around. Um, they changed how equipment worked entirely than how it did in E7, and so they tried this out, and I guess they realized it didn't work because that's not how they did it in E8. Right. In E8, what it was is it it was kind of similar in that you get to a certain level. You don't immediately learn the skill, but like the next time you throw a swing with your sword, you learn the skill.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like very it wasn't simple. random; it's you just you got to a level, and then your next battle, you learn the skill.
2: Yep, very simple, very. And that easy. was it.
3: Very simple, very easy. And I'm pretty sure E9 works the same way. I don't know; I've only played an hour. I think. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so far I am enjoying replaying Celceta game's very fun. It's very Ease. Uh, it wouldn't be my first recommendation to people. Um, I need to play the game more to see how I feel about it. But right now, there are four Ease games. Oh, okay. There are three Ease games. Ease 9 doesn't count yet. There are three Ease games on PS4. Mm-hmm. You have no excuse. Please try one of these
2: games. Please. And they're all on Steam, and most of them can be played on a toaster. So you really don't have an excuse.
3: You you really don't have an excuse. In fact, <laughs> as of this recording, the Steam Summer Sale has just started. Yep. And this entire series is on sale, including Salsetta, yeah. which the PC version and the PS4 version are identical.
2: I was about to ask, uh, is that the exact same thing as the PC version? Yeah. So so Go what ahead. it
3: is, is the, the PS4 version is a port of the PC version. Got it. Which is a port, a Chinese port of the Vita version.
2: Got it. Okay. That's all I wanted to know.
3: So, like, you don't even have to get this game on PS4. It's on sale right now for $18.49. I just bought the PS4 version because, A, I prefer gaming on console, and, B, of course I'm going to buy an ease game. Of course I am.
2: Yeah, and it had another limited edition, so of course you're going to buy and it. And it had another limited
3: edition. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Buy but, no,
3: I, if I'm enjoying it, like, thus far, like, even though it was still my least favorite ease game at the time, like, I feel by the time I'm done playing this, I'm going to feel much better
2: about it. Cool.
3: So please play this series. Yep. Please. Definitely. This isn't the last time you're going to hear that this episode either.
2: It's not. We we got some more Ease news coming up later. Um,
3: uh, that was a bit more winded or uh, <laughs> long-winded than I was expecting to be. Hey! Uh, but, but it's an Ease game and I got to talk
2: about it. Of course. I wouldn't have it any other way, actually. Yeah. Um, that's so a good deal. Was there anything uh, else you wanted to uh, to talk about real quick, or is that kind of it?
3: Uh, that's kind of it for now. Look.
2: Okay, cool. Let's uh let's jump into the news then. Uh, news. So first article. Uh, this is something was gonna go over last week, but due to time, um, didn't really go over it, and doesn't seem like there was much updated to it. So, uh, there was a report last week that Warner Brothers Interactive is up for sale. Um, it looks like AT&T, which is the parent company of Warner Brothers, uh, is looking to get rid of a lot of the entertainment industry, like, section, right? And that includes, uh, Warner Brothers Interactive. Um, the reason this is actually really important is because Warner's Interactive, Warner Brothers Interactive, um, they make a lot of high-profile games. So, a couple of the studios they have under them would be, you know, Nether Realm, right? Creates Mortal Kombat, which is the highest-selling fighting game of, like, all time, um, well,
3: Rocksteady's WB, right?
2: Rocksteady. Yep. So all the Batman Arkham Asylum games, and Arkham Knight and all that jazz. Um they've done the Middle of Earth, Shadow of Mordor and all that stuff there. Um there's another really big studio under their name too that I can't really remember, but either way they own a lot of IPs, a lot of different um franchises that people love. The Lego games, that's under Warner Brothers as well. Um so it it's wild that such a big company is up for sale. Uh, estimated to be around four billion dollars which well, that's, that's quite a pretty penny um what kind of compl- not to
3: mention like the le- the recent releases from you know warner interactive yeah have been quite well received like the yeah. mortal Kombat uh game was very well received
2: yeah yeah it's it's really popular um all the lego games are usually ranked really highly as well um yeah, it's it's super good studios. Um, what has me a little worried, unfortunately, is is some of the the companies that are interested in acquiring them. So some people that are reported to be interested would be Take Two, uh, EA, and Activism Blizzard. Which those are the three companies that are kind of known for you know not really caring too much about <laughs> their their devs. All that, that was much. my
3: first thought when I read that one.
2: Yeah. Um, those are the three that are just like, no, please don't. Um, but they're also the three biggest companies like in the world, really, when it comes to just they could probably afford afford to buy them, right? Outside of like first party Sony, Microsoft, or Nintendo, um, it would be interesting if Microsoft picked them up. They're still buying studios. That would be really cool.
3: I would so, be surprised if Microsoft didn't pick them up. To be honest,
2: yeah, I have gotta imagine their name is in the in the hat somewhere in there. Um, thinking about giving those teams just like a blank check to just do whatever, it's kind of exciting. Kind of exciting. I feel like uh, EA and especially Activision would just kind of like run them into the ground, right? Probably wouldn't give them the the time they need or the resources they need. I agree. Their business practices. Um, Take Two is kind of iffy. But they're also it. It would depend because if it was like if Take Two bought them and treated them like Rockstar, right? Because Rockstar is technically under Take Two, but they do their own thing. Um, then it would be fine because then they could just operate as is. But if Take Two fully brings them under their wing and they just become another you know yearly release cycle bullshit studio, then that would be really depressing. So. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm curious to see when that will actually go through or not. This is all still technically rumors. So if there's any updates, we'll get into it. But man, that's it's wild, man. I figured they were doing really well for, for AT&T or whatever. It's a shame they're going to just toss them up.
3: I mean, maybe they just don't feel like it's not worth the time anymore.
2: Maybe. That could be it. You never really know. Um, it did make me curious, like what Rocksteady is working on. I'm still very curious about those guys because they've been working on something for the past like three and a half years, and nobody knows what it is. Um, they said they're tired of Batman games, <laughs> so I would be very excited to see them do like their own. Yeah, own I, can't, I can't
3: blame them for like just wanting to do something new.
2: Yeah, and. They're an amazing studio. Like they're awesome. So if they do their own original IP, I would be super excited to see what that is and what they can come up with. But we'll see. We'll see. Moving on, Tales of Arise has been indefinitely delayed. Uh, so
3: disappointed, but not surprised.
2: Disappointed, not surprised, and kind of okay with it. To be honest, like take all the time you need um it's been what a little over a year since they announced it it was announced last year right last e3 was it yeah last e3 yeah um and even then it wasn't shown a whole lot right it still looked like it was in really early stages um so the game apparently is not where they want it to be yet obviously COVID affected their development and stuff like that, and it's been really hard for them to to really work on it as a team, work from home scenarios, all that jazz. So they decided to just, hey, it's not li- it's not coming up to our expectations yet. We're going to push it out. We don't have a set time limit, time date yet, but it's going to be out of 2020, probably 2021 at some point. I could see summer, maybe. Summer 2021 would be cool. Um,
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't really see a need for them to rush out the game. Like, no. give the time that is needed to make the game
2: yeah definitely um especially coming off of like berseria like a really strong title um obviously like yeah i
3: agree like berseria was a good like a good capstone yeah to that point
2: yeah so like take your time do it right um i really i'm very curious to see about this new combat engine they're working with here because this is more open world ish right like if I remember seeing the original trailer, correct? Like this. That is no, correct. No set stages for battles, um, so I'm really curious to see how that works. I'd love to see more characters. Like, are we are we gonna have other playable characters? Because um, I was talking with a friend of mine's earlier, where I was like, this game, at least for what we know so far, seems very centered on these two characters here, and I kind of feel like maybe there's only one playable character, but. We don't know yet. That so. would
3: be a huge, like, paradigm shift for the series.
2: Wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it really would. But they're also taking other chances with the series, right? They're opening it up more.
3: Which, um... to be fair, is something the series really needs to do.
2: Yeah, experiment. Like, now is the time. It's a new generation shift. Uh, they're working in a new engine. Like, try it. Try something new. Um, I'm all for it. Um...
3: Was this always a PS5 game or is it a PS4 game?
2: I don't think they actually said. I want to say it was a PS4 game because this was before the announcement. Well, no, it was after a PS5 announcement. But they never said what it was for. I'm assuming they're they going to do both. I assume it's going to be a PS4, PS5 game. Um,
3: maybe... Yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking over this article. I don't see any specific console.
2: Yeah, I don't think they ever specified. But... I imagine, especially now with the delay, they're probably going to optimize it more for the uh, for the next gen stuff. So we'll see what happens there. But I don't know. Tales of Arise. I'm curious. I'm I'm optimistically curious.
3: Cautiously optimistic.
2: Cautiously optimistic. Uh, moving on. Tokyo Game Show. That was uh, going to happen until COVID happened, and then it's not going to happen. But it's going to happen online. Um, so we're going to get an online showcase out of Tokyo Game Show uh, that's going to take place September 23rd. It's going to run through September 27th. So we're going to get almost a full week of TGS goodness. Um they haven't announced who will be there yet so we don't have any sort of schedule or anything
3: the, the online website simply says we can expect announcements from major publishers at the showcase
2: major publishers um so yeah you can best believe that'll be square enix that'll be namco bandai
3: um nintendo probably won't be here as per usual
2: yeah nintendo probably won't capcom will probably have uh, some more re footage i imagine uh, what are some other big Japanese companies? I can't see Sony really. Falcom. Happening. Falcom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You probably, they probably gonna see... won't be there. Honestly, you're probably going to see more of Hajimari. Hajimari no Kieseki.
3: Oh yeah. So um, we can't watch it.
2: Yeah. So we can't watch it. Actually that game comes out really soon. Um, yeah. So they'll probably be advertising it. Um, cause I think that game comes out in August, right? Or really, really soon for Japan. Sometime this year, I think. Yeah. It, it's within the next couple months. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um TGS in my opinion, we talked a little bit before the show, but like it hasn't really hit for me in a while. Like there's been a few announcements here or there over the past maybe like 5 years, but it's increasingly become a show that when I really first started paying attention to video games, it was one of my favorite presentations out the year next to E3, and now it's a presentation I don't really look forward to a lot. Um I feel like a lot of these companies either announce things on their own timetables or they do it elsewhere these these days so tgs is usually left with just like hey here's some extra footage of stuff not really like new cool announcements but i hope there's something cool here man it's to be
3: uh, honest like i can't remember last year's show or what was announced at last year's show so
2: yeah exactly um not much if i remember correctly um I, I gotta imagine we'll have some cool stuff at least this year, only because the new console would come out two-ish months after the show, right? So we gotta get a good look at like what that launch lineup's gonna be for both parties. Um, though I don't really expect Microsoft to, to be there. But... I, I
3: still think that because of the lack of E3, we might have some more, like, bigger announcements.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Because, um, yeah... <laughs> Def, definitely, honestly, because we, we do need to see what else is coming for the holiday season.
3: Nintendo has still been relatively quiet in general. And, you know, I say like, Nintendo typically doesn't take part of TGS, but given that it's an online show now they... Um, and they don't have E3, they might actually do something.
2: I can see them doing a direct around that time. They probably won't be a TGS thing, but they'll probably schedule a direct around that time. You know what I mean?
3: Maybe. They need I, to do something, because I haven't heard anything from them.
2: I bet uh, Microsoft will do the same thing, too. Actually, they they committed to every month after July to some stuff, so they're, they're already in there. Who? So Microsoft, Microsoft? Yeah. They're doing mm-hmm. a showcase every month after July. So, yeah, Nintendo will probably do something in September. They got to, I say, as they probably won't.
3: We haven't gotten a single direct this year, I don't think.
2: No, we haven't. Nope. We expect- no, wait.
3: Maybe we got one in January. I think we actually did get one in January.
2: I don't think we did. I think we Hang wanted on. one in January. Uh, and then we was like, well, maybe February. And then it was like, nah, it's got to be March. And then COVID happened. And then, hey, guys, Paper Mario comes out next week. <laughs>
3: There was one on March twenty sixth. Was there? Yes.
2: Was it a full Nintendo Direct or was it an indie Direct?
3: I'm checking that now.
2: Because they've done indie ones like small indies.
3: Oh no, it was the Nintendo Direct Mini. Yep.
2: Yep. Which that
3: that was where they announced Xenoblade and Jump.
2: Okay. Huh. All right. Well, I'll take that. I'll accept that. Still, man, we don't know. No, wait. Got to Maybe that wasn't
3: where they announced Xenoblade. That might have been where they. She announced said. the Xenoblade release date. Um, no, this know. was the one where they announced Bravely Default. Oh. To...
2: Right, right, right. And then the demo dropped that day. Mm. Right, right, right. Nintendo, man. Big mystery. Where's Metroid Prime 4?
3: Where's SMT? Jeez, I started playing it. Shoot. <laughs> uh, where's SMT 5 and... uh? Oh. Metro Prime Four.
2: Oh, SMT Five. Uh, yeah, about that. Maybe, maybe, maybe TGS.
3: Hey, maybe TGS. We'll I again. was expecting, hey, maybe a New Game Expo, but no.
2: No, not at all. Speaking of New Game Expo, uh, next story. Wait, do we
3: want to do this or do we want to do the save that for last?
2: Oh, actually, we can save that for last. Sure, let's just skip over okay. that and we'll we'll run into the the Pokemon news. Uh, so Pokemon Presents happened uh, the other day. Um, everybody was psyched because we were like, "Yo, we're getting a Let's Go Johto!" And then they were like, "So we're partnering up with Tencent and we're gonna create Pokemon Unite." And then the world went, "Huh?" And then we all went, "No, that makes sense." Yeah,
3: so... <laughs> like I wasn't expecting a Pokemon MOBA, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, "Well, when you have access to like a thousand champions already." Yeah. It 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 fits. It, it, it looked fun.
1: Yeah, it,
2: it builds itself, right? You already got like the the weakness charts. You have a thousand monsters already. You have evolutions. It's already an RPG. Like it it works, um, and it looks cool. I, I like it. Um, I'm not a big mobile player, but neither am I. I. I might try a couple games here or there. Um, it's coming out on Switch, uh, Android and iOS. It's fully crossplay between all of those. Which is super cool, five v five game. I'm curious to see what their starting lineup for Pokemon will be. Um, I'm curious what. To see. I think
3: they had like a quick shot, and it was like the three like Kanto starters. I think I saw Gengar. Um, uh, there's a little Not bit. sure what else.
2: There's a little bit in this article. So yeah, we have the starters: uh, Fletchling, Clefairy, Snorlax, Riolu, Machop, and Gastly. Okay, and I'm sure there's some extra ones in there too.
3: A lot of Canto Pokemon, yeah. Unsurprising. Yeah,
2: true, true. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll fill it out over time, though. Um, I'm curious to see oh, if easy. they're going to try and build a, a competitive scene around it. I'm wondering if they're they're really gonna push it for like their Pokemon. Pokemon
3: has been like Nintendo's biggest esports outreach because they have like That's... the official World Championships and whatnot yeah. for both the video game and the card game. Like it's all Nintendo run. Mm-hmm. I find it very interesting that Pokemon is the game or the series that Nintendo reaches its eSports out with. Granted, it's been trying to do that with Splatoon and Smash more nowadays, yeah. but, like, they went full in with it with Pokemon.
2: Yeah, they were in it from the beginning, and that's probably because the Pokemon company has more say over it than Nintendo does. That's true. That's right? actually true. So um, that's probably much more their agenda than anything. And if I remember right, this uh, presentation, like it started off with a huge montage of the Pokemon eSports stuff in the beginning, right? Yes, uh, it did. Yeah, so I imagine this is probably going to be added to their uh the Pokemon Championship Circuit. Um, we should get a JSB team. Let's 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 get it. Oh, I'm down. <laughs> let's let's try it. Um, was there a release date?
3: I don't remember seeing one. Um, truth be told,
2: uh, article doesn't say anything. Just says we'll come to the devices. So yeah, look forward to that in the. Horizon. I think they just
3: said 2020.
2: Okay. Uh, when it comes out we'll we'll definitely jump in and give some impressions on it. Um, I'm hoping it's uh a lot easier to digest than like league and dota um I gotta imagine so given given the i p and also it's a fresh new game, so I gotta imagine it's probably not too many champions to pick from. Like, getting in from the ground floor seems way less intimidating than trying to jump into, like, a MOBA these days.
3: I agree. Yeah. Uh, the game also looked short. That's, like, another intimidation factor. Yeah. Like, league, where, like, a game can take 40 minutes, and if you're with a bad team, like, that's just 40 minutes of pain.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping this is more like a 10, 15 minutes, maybe. Like, 15 minutes tops. Um, right. Would be a perfect length. Uh, especially if it's gonna be on mobile too, like you kinda want those to be shorter experiences, I would imagine. Um, like for a break time session or something like that. Fifteen minutes seems to be that sweet spot. So yeah, I, I hope it's I agree. a quick game. But yeah. Ten cent getting into everything. Uh moving on. This is pretty exciting. Uh this happened today as a recording. Um it,
3: yeah, it did just get announced.
2: The World Ends With You is getting an anime adaptation. Um, so a couple months ago, there was, like, uh, some art that was released that was going to be a showpiece at Anime Expo this year for The World Ends With You. And everybody was wondering, like, oh, are they going to announce a new game? What are they going to do? Because artwork is beautiful, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we finally got confirmation that they are doing an anime adaptation of this wonderful JRPG. Um not much details on it yet. It's gonna be kicked off on Anime Expo's online presentation on July 3rd. So we'll get some more information on that. But it's exciting. Um, I'm down for. Uh... I
3: fucking love this game.
2: Yeah, it's really cool, man. Like, I hope they maintain the style, right? Um, like you Agreed. got you got to nail the style and in the music, like that is that is so important for. For the series so i'm curious to see what studio is going to handle it i want to see the staffing behind it um because i feel like there's only a couple of studios that can probably truly nail it and given like square enix well not square enix but like a couple of previous uh anime adaptations like say devil survivor and stuff like that um i'm a little hesitant right these things were they not good not great. <laughs> they're fine. Asterisk. Um. So it's... There's a little... There's, there's room to be concerned when it comes to anime adaptations. But I hope they nail this. I hope they knock it out of place. I mean,
3: in my experience with video game anime adaptations, they're more often missed than hit. Yeah. Like, I heard the Valkyria Chronicles one started off great, mm. and then it wasn't. I haven't watched it, so I don't know what was wrong with it.
2: Yeah, I haven't watched that one um, either, but I heard the same. Uh,
3: what else was there? Uh, well, I can tell you that the the Legend of Heroes one-episode anime is not going to be good enough to cover that <laughs> series. Uh, what uh, what other anime adaptations do we have for video Oh,
2: videos? man. How about uh, um, Final Fantasy? Um...
3: <laughs> there's actually a Final Fantasy anime. Yeah, yeah. It's like Final yeah. Fantasy... Uh-huh. Something in the crystal or something,
2: yep, 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 yep. I watched it, I watched all of it.
3: It's like kind of based on five, I
2: think, sort of, but it does its own thing. Um, it was I remember
3: seeing bad. it at a blockbuster like growing up, and I was like, huh, I didn't it, know they made this.
2: It's pretty if I remember it right. Uh, the animation was actually really nice. Uh, I liked the art style a lot, everything else in that was bad. Um,
3: you know what? The Tales animes are usually pretty good.
2: They are, but also Ufultible handles those, so that is high quality. Um, like,
3: I really liked the Tales of the Abyss anime adaptation. Mm, and the Tales of Fantasia movie was also quite good.
2: They did an amazing job with Berseria. Uh, not, not Berseria I haven't watched not, that one. Not Zesteria, actually. Yeah, they,
3: Zesteria the X or whatever. Yeah. I want that, but like the, the Blu-ray collections are $100.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ufultable, uh Blu-rays are very expensive, um, and they usually buy them com- for me, Rob. They they usually come with like really cool limited edition sets, though. Like it's it's worth honestly. I have a couple Ufotable stuff here because they do Fate. but um, definitely worth it in terms of just quality. Um, but they did such an amazing job of like telling Zesteria's story. Um and also Which is
3: really the best part about Zesteria.
2: Yeah, and also laying the groundwork for Baseria as well because halfway through it they do like this uh this sort of um intro into Basaria, right? They do like this whole little arc introducing Velvet and stuff like that, and then come back to Zesteria. It's it's really cool how they do it. Um man. Ufotable. Did you uh
3: did Ufotable do uh the Vesperia movie?
2: I want to say yes.
3: Okay, I still haven't watched that. I need to.
2: Very good. I like that movie a lot. Um, you get puppy repeat in in that. <laughs> that in that's that movie. fantastic. It it's Excellent. great. Yeah, he has a pot on his head and he has like uh something in his mouth. I forgot what it was, but it's cute. Um, uh, but yeah, no production ID IG did the Vesperia movie. Still. Oh, uh, okay. Very very good. Anyway. Uh, The world ends with you. High bar, happens.
3: Square Enix. High bar.
2: High bar. Very high bar. All right. Let's talk some New Game Plus Expo. Um, so this was the Expo that came out of nowhere. Uh, we I still don't know who actually put this thing together. <laughs> um, but it is a new entity that came up onto the scene. Uh, new Game Plus Expo presentation. They hooked up with a couple of couple of publishers to announce new games and we'll just kinda go over what they talked about. So NIS. Oh,
1: hey. we're saving this for last.
2: Oh, okay. Alright. So we'll save NIS for later. Axis um had a couple of things here. Um the three D platformer Ten and Kuna. Do you remember what that one was?
3: Uh when I was reading this article I was like, I don't remember that.
2: <laughs> I don't remember that one either. Um It's sad that I remember
3: their other title more because of how bad the trailer was.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So they they did a trailer for Escape from Asura, which was just god-awful. A
3: literal second.
2: It was just a second. It was zooming in on this just Bland environment with one character standing there, and then it was over. I don't even remember
3: that. I'm not even sure it actually happened.
2: That, it might not have, but apparently that game is actually a localized version of Criminal Girls X. Who knew? They just changed the name of it. Um, even fans of that series was like, I don't know what happened.
3: <laughs> like what?
2: Sure. It, it felt so out of
3: place. It was like so... they just announced it. It's just like boop. And i'm like wait what What did i just get punked
2: in the way like, they, what just
3: fucking happened
2: the way they teed that off too because they were like hey this is a brand new announcement or something like they they hyped it up in a way that like yeah it was supposed like to be like be super
3: really big cool. and yeah. i'm just like what the fuck is happening
2: yeah man um <laughs> simultaneous what the fuck uh but that's happening um they also continue in their otome visual novels um so we have Four and Cafe Enchants will come out in fall 2020, um, which that looked really cool um, if you're into Otome games, which I can be from time to time. And then they also are releasing Pretty Princess Party, which looked like another Princess Maker style game, which I mean, if you're in for cute stuff, hey, there you go. Those games are kind of neat. Um, SNK came with, uh, SNK
3: actually put in a lot of work with this one.
2: They did. They did. But I was also slightly disappointed. Uh, so SNK showed off their final character for samurai showdown, which is a crossover with, uh, for honor. So you have the war the warden from for honor, uh, is now in samurai showdown, which that's a cool crossover. Um, that's one that kind of came out of nowhere. I haven't thought about For Honor in forever, but fits in that weapon-style universe, so sure, why not? And his Absolutely. Super, and his super launches a fucking catapult, and I'm about that. So, <laughs> um, I saw some um some people were playing him, so I was watching the footage not too long ago, and he seems cool. He seems good. I like his moveset.
3: He looked um, like he had Rekus.
2: It looked like he has Rekus. I haven't looked at his move list just yet, but it looked like he has something like that. Um, he has a reflect and he also has a charge that has armor on it. Um, so he, he's got tools. He's got some good tools. Um, they hooked up with limited run to do a physical version of Samurai Showdown Neo Geo collection, which is always cool. The, the SNK limited run. That's the one, that's the one with really like
3: cool. the Samurai Showdown five. Perfect. Right.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Um, and usually the, those sets are really beautiful. Um, they usually come with like, you know, old school style cases and a bunch of art books and oh, I, full soundtrack. As much as I
3: yeah. rag on limited runs, uh, market policy, mm. they do make good special editions. They, mean, they do. That. That's why. That's why I still buy from them.
2: They do. And the one that was really surprising was this Neo Geo Pocket Color collection.
3: Oh, I'm so such. buying this.
2: Yeah, me too. It's dope. It's really cool. Um, Neo Geo Pocket colored. usually doesn't get too much love, right? Was it on the Wii Shop? Did they have a Neo Geo section for their? Uh...
3: They had a Neo Geo section, but I don't know about the Pocket.
2: Okay, got you, got you. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see S and K really dig into the history because at this point, I think they've almost done their entire history. Um. In the past couple of years just through collections at this point yeah pretty much um, and, and those collections are really good in terms of like they always add a bunch of concept art and like a bunch of little unlockable stuff in there to just learn about the history of snk they they pack those those collections with a lot of content um if you're just interested in overall design and history um so check that stuff out man snk didn't show off king of fighters 15 which... Yeah,
3: I blame COVID.
2: I also blame COVID. Maybe at TGS. I don't know. Maybe at TGS. <laughs> we'll see. Surprise. Like, TGS is going to be big
3: this year because of COVID.
2: Yeah, right? <laughs> by Just by force, by nature, uh, TGS is going to be good this year, I hope. Um. So yeah, SNK had a cool showing. Um, Spike Chunsoft, uh, we got a new ReZero game, which I'm not a big fan of the anime, so... If you like ReZero, that seemed kind of neat. I
3: have no idea what it is.
2: I think it's not great. But hey, if that's for you, cool. Uh, Sheeran the Wanderer, though.
3: Another Vita game free from Vita exclusivity.
2: Another one for Switch it sit off Vita Island.
3: Um, I am going to buy this game because I want to buy the Vita version.
2: I'm going to buy it just because I'm in the mood for that style of uh, RPG, honestly. Uh, dungeon Crawler style, like... For some reason, I've, I've been in this mode lately, and I've been on the verge of buying um, uh, the Chocobo Dungeon, Mystery Dungeon. I've been on the verge of buying that lately. Um, but now I see this, and I'm just like... Is that like, the Chocobo
3: Dungeon Everybody?
2: Yeah, everybody. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because I just want like this style of game. Um, so Shirin is coming out and hitting like right at the right time for me, because I feel like I'm going to be in this mood for a little while. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Um, you really don't get those styles of games too often anymore. so.
3: No, not really. They're usually relegated to handheld consoles.
2: Usually, yeah. Um, what other things? So we got some other smaller announcements here. Well, quote-unquote small. A uh, new trailer was shown for Catherine Fullbody. That's coming to Switch on July 7th. Suda51 showed... <laughs> this was actually pretty funny. So Suda51... I
3: actually missed this part.
2: Oh, did you? Okay. He showed off footage of No More Heroes 3... But he was actually just, like, sitting in front of the footage, like, green screen, right? As he's talking about, like, uh, New Game Plus Expo. Like, I think he was introducing the whole Expo or something like that. um, Or just talking about No More Heroes and stuff. So you're trying to look behind him to see, like, what's going on and all the action. But he's just, like, blocking it. <laughs> it was really good.
3: It's, it's um, very a pseudo 51 move.
2: It's very much so. Um, I believe they released the, the un-you know... Uh, Censored, I guess, version of Unobscured. It. Unobscured, thank you, uh version of it on YouTube, so you can check it out later. But Noma Heroes 3 looks great. Um I am down for more Travis touchdown, please. Um not to make show it off the new Harvest Moon. Um that kind Definitely helped.
3: wasn't impressed.
2: Yeah, neither was I, honestly. I mean granted,
3: this Harvest Moon isn't the real Harvest Moon.
2: Yeah, right. So because like the time. real Harvest
3: Moon is story of seasons, seasons, right? Mm hmm. And that's owned by Marvelous. Marvelous. Mm-hmm. Whereas Natsume they what was it? They localized the original Harvest Moon games? Was that what it
0: was?
2: Natsume localized. Did they localize them? I forget this whole story. Um, I don't know.
0: We'll don't figure know. it at, out
2: later. Yeah. But... At, at some point they, they J- Just remember the the, this is not
3: your standard Harvest Moon game. This is natsume continuing to be a jerk with a license
2: yeah and i mean it's been this way for a while though so it's like it's not true anything new at this point you might as well just say hey story of seasons is the original harvest moon this is just whatever um so yeah it, it looked like a generic sort of cash grab on the ip I'm okay. absolutely I'll, I'll leave it uh fight crab See me. <laughs> to Switch. Listen, I've been playing some of these style of games, alright? Alright? I've been playing like King of Crusty. You're not games. waiting for my pile bunker crab! Oh my god. You know what? This We're going in. When does it come out? Comes out on Switch in the West. Soon. So, quote unquote soon. Alright, so I'm going to see your pile bunker crab soon. Because I am going to whip that ass. Uh... <laughs> fairy tale from Koei Tecmo um finally got a new release date of july 31st it wasn't delayed
3: it, impressive
2: impressive yeah um, this game
3: got delayed like three times i think
2: i, I think it did i don't think it ever had a, a an actual release date if i remember right but like it kept getting pushed back from its window um i mean hey take all the time you need right uh so hopefully it, it's it's up there in quality, it looks pretty. It looks really good. Um, it's a turn-based RPG. I don't, really don't know much about the Fairy Tale franchise. I know a couple of characters. I know like some loose story threads here and there, um, but maybe this will be my gateway drug into it. In the same way that the One Piece Warrior games was like my gateway into One Piece, like this might be my gateway into Fairy Tale. So I'm curious. I could use a new RPG, and this one looks neat. So July 31st. And Billion Road is on sale in the eShop for 40% off <laughs> if you want to play Billion Road. Um, anything else before we hit Nisa? No, no.
3: We're, we're, it's time.
2: It's time? It's time?
3: It's time. All right. It's time.
2: Lead it off. Talk to me about Nisa. Okay. So
3: uh, the final presentations were uh, New Game Plus Expo. We're from NIS America, which the first one we couldn't even watch. Yeah, we <laughs> uh they they finally uh confirmed the release date for Trails of Cold Steel 4. Uh they also announced that the Switch version will have a 2021 release. Mm-hmm. Uh the PS4 release is October 26, 2020. They also said probably PC won't release be able to play the game
2: 2021 as well.
3: What? They also said PC release oh, was,
2: was 2021 oh. as well.
3: So. so we probably won't be able to play the game as we stated a couple episodes ago, Rob and I are waiting for trails, uh, trails from Azure. Uh huh. Um, and that is my hope going to be out this year.
2: I hope so. Uh,
3: we will see. I need it. Uh, so basically, we saw the Falcon logo. I got hype. Thought it might have been Ease Nine, and then I see the protagonist from Cold Steel. I'm like, oh, I, I need to turn the TV
2: off now. I had my hand. So I was watching on my iPad. Right. I had my hand ready on the mute. Button and ready to slam the screen down. The moment I saw Falcom, I was like, What is it? Oh, there's Rain. Boom. Done. <laughs>
3: like... Exactly. Like, I saw Rain. I'm like, Nope. Oh, nope TV. Nope, nope, like, nope, I'm nope, running nope. across the room and, like, I need to turn off this TV now.
2: <laughs> nope. The fuck out of there. Like, I'm good. <laughs>
3: And, like, apparently that trailer is very spoiler-heavy. He- right? Yeah,
2: that's what I Like, that is really. what every
3: article I have read about that trailer has said. It's like, yo, this, this trailer is
2: incredibly spoiler-heavy. I I'm mean, like, apparently nope. CS3s was, too. Like, this is just a running trend with them. They just spoil the fuck out of those games. No fucks. Well, I
3: mean, to be fair, NIS and Falcon themselves have just spoiled the games in general advertisements, and I'm just like, yeah, all right, fine, fine. And you know what? I'm still impressed. That is, a, that is a testament to how good these games are.
2: Yeah, honestly. Like, even though in spoilers, like, the writing is so good that it's, like, it usually subverts whatever you think you know, so.
3: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, they announced the sequel to Fallen Legion, which I wasn't expecting at all. Uh, Fallen Legion was a indie game that I played at, like, EVO 2017 or 2018, mm-hmm. um, which I was really impressed by the demo. I never actually really got a chance to sit down with the completed version, but uh, I heard it was, like, it got an okay reception. Like, it was fun. I think it has a cult following. Mm -hmm. Uh, NIS picked it up uh, and published the Switch versions, and what it was, the original game had two different versions, one for console, one for handheld, and NIS just grabbed both of them and ported them both to Switch as, like, one game. Gotcha. Um, And then, like, that was the last of it, I was like, okay, well, uh, I'll check that out eventually. And here comes the sequel, which I wasn't expecting. So I guess it it did well enough.
2: It looked cool, honestly. I've never played it before. Um, But watching that trailer, I was. was It's
3: interesting. Like, it's got like a political drama sort of deal going on Um, in like a fantasy sort of background.
2: I'm interested. I like political. But like,
3: the the gameplay is all kind of. Like, it's, it's a Valkyrie profile battle system. Mm hmm. But, like, you're not exploring anything. It's kind of like you just fight in stages. Okay. So it's all combat. Gotcha. And then, like, you make choices, and that determines, like, your next battle and whatnot. And, and so when I played the full version, it that, it wasn't what I wanted at the time, so I didn't spend more time with it. Fair. Mm-hmm. So I was planning to always come back and check it.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Definitely seem neat. I'm um, I'm very much interested, so I might go check out the uh, the first one.
3: Yeah, go uh, the, the switch versions are, are always on sale. Cool. And finally, we have the big announcement which props to new game plus expo, they saved as their capstone announcement. Yeah. Is the official localization of Ease9 Mostrom Nox is set for twenty twenty one with a ps4 release and then switch and pc ports all for 2021
2: that's awesome that's
3: and i that was the one thing i wanted from this whole presentation and i fucking got it and you. they even saved it for the last announcement and like the way they announced it like they're like oh like they did like a sizzle reel mm-hmm. and they're like i'm like oh no that means that this is ending and they haven't said anything about E's nine and there's yeah. no way they're gonna save it for the last announcement and then they're like Man, that was a lot of awesome games. And so we have one final announcement of a new entry in a beloved legacy. I'm like, there's no way. There's no legacy. way. And I've already seen, like, the Japanese trailer. And so, like, yeah. it cuts to, like, the beginning of the Japanese trailer. And I immediately recognize it. I'm like,
2: yes. Yeah.
3: Unbelievable. Like, I freaking screamed. <laughs> like, oh, so
2: hyped. It's been the joke for weeks between us, right, where it's just like, watch they announce it here. Watch they announce it here watch they just announced like cs 4 and East 9 East 9 both of them um yeah it, it was awesome man i'm so happy for it um i'm curious to see what the target date's going to be is it going to be early 2021 mid 2021 but either way i think it'll be mid
3: 2021 yeah
2: maybe like a may like
3: like a may yeah. or june
2: yeah that sounds that sounds good
3: cuz like they they still need to finish up cold steel 4 uh and they have like the different ports to worry about that And to be honest, I want them to take all the time they need on the localization. Mm. Like, yeah, I do don't. not want another Ease 8.
2: I don't think we'll get an Ease 8 scenario. Um, I do hope they bring that dude onto the team uh, that upgraded Ease 8.
3: Oh, Durante? Yeah, Durante. I think he's working on the PC version of Cold Steel 4. Awesome. So if he's if he's doing the port for this, like it'll be quality.
2: Excellent. That's all I want because that. Oof. That update, amazing, ten out of ten. I'm excited, man. East East Nine, like the tone of that game, I've been saying since the original Japanese reveal. Like that's right up my alley. Like I love like the darker tone of it. Um, so immediately, just just the concept art alone, I was just like, I'm in. Uh, and, and the more that I Absolutely. see of that game, the more I want it. Um, so I and like I've
3: I've played an hour of the Japanese version, and like. This game pops off immediately.
2: I've been like, so tempted to import it. I have no qualms of just like importing it, and running through it. But I, I, don't know, man. Like, part of me wants to wait. We gave at all a
3: hook shot. Oh god, okay. for combat, it's fucking sick.
2: I'm gonna import it. That's gonna happen. Alright, I can already see it. <laughs> I'm gonna cave. Ah, <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have told me that. I like hook shots.
3: Hook shots are very. Fun.
2: They are very fun. All right, well, man. Um, any other thoughts? Like, I thought, I thought for the first uh new game plus expo, this was a really good showing.
3: Yeah, I think they um, knocked it out of a park. Yeah, uh, I'm glad that they copied like the Nintendo Direct easy to digest format. Yep. Um, so, uh, they had a lot of good announcements. It was basically a Wii Nintendo Direct.
2: Yep. And then they had a post show afterwards where every um. Every developer got, like, 30-minute increments to show off a game or talk about it. Basically,
3: um, like a, cool. like a, the Nintendo E3 presentation. Yeah. Like they would do the exactly. direct and then, like, the, the Twitch presentations exactly. of, or the stream. Yeah. The Treehouse stream.
2: Exactly. exactly. Uh, there
3: actually was one game on here that they announced that isn't in this article. Yeah. And that is uh, Bloodstained Thanks. Curse of the Moon 2.
2: I, was, I actually just thought of that, too. Yeah.
3: Um, Which uh, was sick. another surprise announcement, mm-hmm. uh, a hype announcement, because the original Curse of the Moon. I've talked about it on this podcast uh, quite a few episodes ago. Check it out; it's a really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you're interested in my thoughts, go and find it. I can't remember what episode it was, but <laughs> it's in there. Um, but no, I'm really excited for Curse of the Moon too. I was not expecting them to do a sequel to the retro style Bloodstains, so that's pretty hype.
2: Yeah, and there's a Corgi in a, in a mech. Train mech. Train mech. As a Steam corrected.
3: train mech.
2: That is awesome. I had to I literally was like, did he say Corgi? <laughs> like, yes, I need this. Um and it looked like there was multiplayer too. So that's a really neat as yeah, well. Yeah, uh, Rumors
3: of a co op multiplayer, so that's yeah. also pretty cool. In
2: in the upper corner of the screen you can see the two player press start um when they were going through it on their live stream. So, that's going to be neat. Uh, I'm curious to see how that how that works. I'm down for some uh, multiplayer bloodstain action. Uh, we should do something about that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that. Uh, final thoughts?
3: No, well, I'd say that's a podcast.
2: That's a podcast, absolutely. Um, so, with that being said, hey, Drew, where can people find you?
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TLHTotallyDrew, tweeting about video games, video game music. Uh, right now, I am posting a lot of clips of my playthrough of Ease Memories of Celceta. So, if you're interested in that, come check me out. Come uh, come talk to me. Hey. Uh, also, go buy Ease. Go buy Legend of Heroes. They're all on sale right now on Steam for, like, pennies.
2: Literally pennies.
3: Like, please check these two series out. We constantly talk about these series if you haven't done it what are you doing that's why we talk about
2: absolutely because
3: these series need more love and we need you to play them we need
2: you you the listener play them now and then you can find me on the internet at zenosuke on twitter um tweeting about video games, and all that good stuff. You can find me on Twitch. I stream from time to time now, so you can find me at twitch.tv slash uh, Currently going through Metro Exodus playthrough. Um, that game is really cool, so if you want to get like some of my live thoughts and impressions of it as I go through it, um, definitely come check me out. Check out the archives. Um, having a lot of fun with that so far. Um, that game is one, scarier than I thought it was going to be, and uh, way more tense so uh yeah um and then you can follow us on jack savage base on twitter and facebook um if you are listening to this podcast episode the morning it goes up we are currently doing a contest for spyro trilogy on the twitter so definitely hop over there the contest ends uh friday the 26th at 8 p.m eastern so you got a little bit of time to uh, to enter it, and there's two games we'll be giving away. It'll be Spyro and a mystery game, so definitely enter also, it. Also,
3: that reminds me, I have announcement new make.
2: Ooh, announcement.
3: So in honor of all the Falcom news that we have gotten over the past week, and I am hereby christening next month as the month of Julais. 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 There you go. Because it's the only, well, okay, it's not the only month that ends in Y. They all end in Y. No, they don't all it. But it ends in Watt. <laughs> and, and it's a short name. And pretty much every week, we will be giving away Ease Games.
2: Mm, I like it. All right. Dope.
3: So keep an eye on the Jack savage base Twitter Yeah. Uh, for more on that once the month starts.
2: Definitely. Definitely keep an eye on that. Got giveaways coming up. Play some Ease Games. Long live Falcom. All right, guys. We'll ca- catch you later. Hi. Uh,
3: Later.